Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia, I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vandalay. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9, here for the first 30 minutes of the show. Reagan, McDonald, Howard. I'm here with the top five Ronald, Mr. Ronald Dario. How's it going, Ronald? It's going well! <laughs> do, you, do you like uh, Ronald or Ronnie or... Uh, Ron I, Ron. I don't really mind. Ron Ron is was what my mom calls me. Really? Yeah, it's a very sweet, sweet thing to hear. Uh, most a lot of comedy people call me Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'm probably going to be calling you Ronald because it's what I've got written down in my okay, notes. Okay. Yeah. Just but, refer to uh, that. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I was actually named after Ronald Reagan. Really? Yeah. My dad thought he was a cool guy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. How do you feel about Ronald Reagan? I don't like him as a politician. <laughs> as an actor, he's fine. He was fine, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I guess R.I.P. is also kind of a debatable sentiment. For the, I, that's for the true, man yeah. As well. I was crossing my fingers when I was saying that. How do you feel about the uh, other Ronalds, McDonald and Howard? Uh, McDonald's it made my life pretty hard growing up. Uh, it was a very easy go-to uh, bully thing for people to say. Really? Yeah, they say Ronald McDonald. I didn't really actually care. I think they thought it would hurt me more than it actually did. Yeah, that guy's like a billionaire. With yeah, that. exactly. You eat and all he's his real, food. Right? He's very real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent, a, I spent a, like a lot of time in a hospital as a kid, and the children's hospital where we come from in uh, Perth, Western Australia, has a. Do, do they do the like Ronald McDonald? They do that here Children's too, yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. And so there's just lots of McDonald's branding around the hospital, and there's this bench with Ronald McDonald sitting on it. Like yeah, this. with his arm out. Yeah. He's, yeah, and, and he's it's like... outside my window. And I'd be up at night in like a morphine-induced nightmare. That's creepy. And just like clown sitting on a bench. Motioning for you to sit next to him? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm I never sorry. did. But um, On behalf of all Ronalds, I apologize for that. Uh, I actually had a great uncle called Donald McDonald. Did, I, that was on purpose, too. It had to it be must on have purpose. Been. Yeah. yeah, I never met him, but uh, he was a riot policeman in Scotland, so probably not the best person. <laughs> Uh, but on the show Fun Cults, you did a, uh, I, I think that was a show, or maybe it was um, just a, a segment. Oh, yeah. It was a Ben's, Ben Love Space? Yes. It was a short, uh, yeah, Fun Cults is what I call the sketches that I release under my myself. Um, that that character, Ben, has he uh, appeared in anything else? Uh, no, he he hasn't. He, he hasn't yet. Um, he's kind of based, I did a character a long time ago that was sort of similar to Ben, also just a, like a sad, uh, but easygoing person i think that's like uh something that i really like to do in comedy is just uh cute sad people um but yeah uh it isn't something that i've done it isn't exactly something i've done before how long have you been uh doing comedy pursuing comedy as a career uh as a career maybe like three years uh i've been doing comedy in vancouver for about five years now like from training uh, as an adult to today uh, yeah. Did you do your training at Blind Tiger? I did, yeah. I started out at Blind Tiger um, way back. I think I was maybe the second. Oh, no. I, yeah, I was in the second intro class that they ever did. And then I ended up, uh, Jeff Walter and I, from Jeff Walter from Alter, Alternate Rift 3, uh, took the first class together. And we kind of made our way through all the Blind Tiger classes up to the end. And it's cool. house team. And so you're on the house team now? Yeah, I'm on a different house team than I was originally, but there's been a couple of house teams since in the last couple of years. Uh, what are what are the house teams that, that you're on currently? Oh, currently I'm on uh, Dr. Cousins. Uh, that's the name of my Blind Tiger house team. 
Um, I was on a team called Old Money a long time ago. Uh, I don't remember what the name was before then, but there was also just the, the generic Blind Tiger House team when there was just one of us. Just one, like, just one of you in the house team. <laughs> just one of us in the house team doing solo improv, which is always fun. No, it was um just one house team way back when. It was only like five of, five or six of us. Raquel was in there. Jeff was in there. Uh, there was Shane McLean. I'm sure I'm missing Malcolm McLeod. There's a, there was a bunch of people who are still part of the house team or doing other things in comedy now. I'm really excited to have Malcolm McLeod down oh. here and. Uh, He's gonna see, smash see how he handles these it. walls. Yeah, he's gonna. You have to tell him to walk on his knees. I ask uh, people as they're walking towards the house how tall they are. Mm-hmm. Um, as I just asked uh, Ronald before. For those of you who don't know, Mark McLeod, he's what, like six seven or something. Yeah, he's real. He's a real tall boy. And the ceiling height in the studio here is, I, well, it was advertised as six feet, but I think it's more of a five eleven. Yeah, it's probably about a five eleven, and. Uh... Malcolm also does like really spastic movements, so I'm worried that he's gonna like smash a hole through one of your walls. I'm kind of excited for that. <laughs> I almost hope it happens. <laughs> no more damage deposit. Oh yeah. Um I think that's long gone anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the evidence that your landlord will use. <laughs> you mentioned in that previous question that you'd maybe been pursuing comedy as a career for the last three years. At uh what point did you think that that's something that you could start making into a career rather than as something to do on the side? I've always loved comedy. I've always wanted to do comedy. For a lo- very long time, I didn't really see a lot of representation of people like me. I'm a person of color. Um, and uh, yeah, that sort of didn't fall to like stereotypes or playing specifically on um just like race and, you know, doing accents and stuff like that. So I didn't really see, I didn't really think there was a place for me. Um, but I really loved comedy and I loved watching the Sunday service and they opened up blind tiger and I decided to take it and I was doing classes and I was good at it. Um, I was terrible in the beginning, but I was okay enough that they kept on supporting me and I went through it and yeah, around the three year mark when I started doing, um, like more regular shows with different improv groups that I was a part of. We went to like Del Close Marathon in New York. We did a bunch of things like that. Um, I thought that I, wa- I, I kind of decided that I really wanted to go for it. And I think most of my group uh, also felt that way and did that too. Um, we, I had a group called National Anthem that was made up of me, Jeff, who I've mentioned before, um, Ali and Carrie from Brunch, uh, and then Patrick Dodd and another guy named uh, Andy gortz but he's he's no longer here um but we all decided to really go for it with the different kinds of things that we wanted to do and i think since then we've just been supporting each other um so you mentioned a lack of representation Mm -hmm. of uh people of color i didn't get the opportunity to interview you earlier in the year when i interviewed uh sa otawa about the blind tiger uh poc program Mm -hmm. Um, how's that going is it uh still still going strong it is it's going very well we're filling up the majority of the spots especially for the intro classes um yeah and people have been really really enjoying it it's been they've applied again a lot of people have applied again uh for the further classes because they blind tiger is a very very supportive and inclusive place um early very early on um as i was going through things uh the different instructors at blind tiger from sunday service and hip bang all really supported me and at first i didn't really think i wanted to ever sort of touch on race in comedy but um with their support and just like with the way the world is and slowly morphed into uh i started to tackle things like that in my comedy and yeah definitely the the positive feedback that um 
like Devin McKenzie and Caitlin Howden gave to me really helped to like push that. And then I also saw comedians like Nima Galamipour and Sean Devlin, who are also people of color. Um, and they were doing sort of the kind of comedy that I liked rather than like playing on like stereotypes or other things, which is fine too, if that's the comedy that you like, but it wasn't the comedy that I liked. And I saw them and I was very, very inspired to like go for my own voice and my own comedy. How does it differ from uh, the regular courses there? Oh, it's, it doesn't differ from, it just, uh, it it doesn't differ at all from uh, the right. It is just a way to get people of color who might have some, uh, who might where it might not be as easy for them to either afford classes or talk their families or parents into like having them actually put any financial commitment in there. Yeah, it just takes down one barrier that some of them might feel. Right. Oh, yeah. it's a scholarship program as well. It's a scholarship yeah. program. Yeah, for the most part, uh, SA and I run a PBOC show every now and then, um, and we have like jam shows and classes as well, like a, a one day class or a two hour class that we run. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we try to we do, we try to just make it a safe place for them to feel like they can do whatever they want and not have to be pigeonholed into whatever like stereotypes maybe they feel like they might have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a good program. Yeah, it definitely is. It's very, very nice. And it's uh, not just uh, people of color. Also, people from the LBGTQ plus community um, are given uh, scholarships through the diversity program. And it's been really good. It's I think especially in a lot of like classes it's good to have a diverse like group of people with different like ideas of what they think is funny because it just flavors everything else and it whenever there's a class that is sort of just one like note of comedy or if there are like if there's a class with like all men for example there generally can be a really weird atmosphere that gets built there yeah but having like yeah just having as diverse a class as possible i think really pushes people to do different kinds of comedy yeah i think that's a that's really true I, we went to see uh randy Newmeyer's the the list last oh, yeah. weekend and she does that obviously with essay yes and they were covering a lot of uh racial humor that if it was just you know like four white guys on stage it would have had a completely different note for sure yeah you direct these these clips we talked about earlier the fun cults Yes. Things as well. And you you did the uh, Couch Mermaid for... Yeah, I've done uh, two brunch sketches now. There's a third one that will get released soon too. But yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So uh, your directorial style kind of reminds me of... Um, I just dropped some nibs. Oh. For... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got uh, nibs and popcorn here. It's becoming part of a tra- tradition in here. But, We're uh, all going on the floor. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to make uh, Ronald eat those off the floor. Ooh, <laughs> I'm a doggy. Off mic. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, your directorial style reminds me of uh, Eric Wareheim or like DJ Doug Pound. Doug Pound, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, some of the stuff, uh, especially the choppy stuff, I feel like uh, it's a, it's kind of it's one of the things that I like to do uh, when I'm editing. I think it, yeah, I have fun doing that sort of thing. Uh, would you call them direct influences? Um, in my comedic voice, probably not. But I really do like them, and I really like the style that. DJ Doug Pound is sort of like carved out because he also did he applied it sort of to Nick Kroll, to Kroll show to Nick Kroll's uh, sketch show oh, I didn't show. know he did Kroll show yeah I believe so maybe I'm talking out of I, my ass I think Kroll show has come up in every episode so oh far. really oh yeah. yeah I know in the Carmela episode they talked about it for a while oh thanks for listening yeah I'm a listener yeah. <laughs>
Doug Pound. I was going to say something about Doug Pound. I, I think he did a lot of work in Portlandia as well. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, you yeah. can see that with especially with a lot of the cuts back and forth and stuff. Uh, I think it really, yeah, especially um, the. Uh, I, I don't think the Ben one has as many crazy cuts in it. It's mostly the two brunch sketches that I've done, like the Shrek's one and then the Catch Mermaid one. Yeah, and um, yeah, in the sketch, in the sketches specifically, uh, Allie and Carrie's character is kind of lose touch with reality so i really like to play with that and actually showcase what that might be to the viewer and ali and carrie are very supportive and uh they let they let me usually i do a cut and then we sit down and we talk about it and we do some edits and stuff like that but they definitely support any sort of weird things that i do i also did that video with marta that uh marta wessel oh yeah i love that one yes the the sort of subterranean human yes (laughs) alien thing it's kind of like a like a chud or something. Yeah, yeah. essentially, yeah, definitely a cannibalistic human... Humanoid underground uh, dweller. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Marta and I talked about that. She did that sketch a long time ago, and we talked about it after the show, and she talked about wanting to do a sketch sort of like that and have it be crazy cut. And then, like, two years later, I asked her if she wanted to do it, and we did it, and, yeah, that's, a that's like, the biggest example of like <laughs> crazy cuts that i could do that um, that was the exact example made me think of the like eric Wehome sort of oh, thing for sure yeah especially with, like, like all... something straight out of awesome show yeah it has like a lot of the uh the ugly graphics and like sort of the horror like noises and imagery and stuff like that that i think uh tim and eric uh pioneered way back in the day it's really hard to hit that sweet spot between like like the sort of uncanny valley of bad editing yeah there's definitely there's definitely bad editing on purpose and then uh, by accident. And then there's that, like that sweet spot that you're talking about. It's like about, a razor's edge. Yeah. Of like trying to like being too, too well done bad, you know, like you, there's too much focus on it being bad. And then also with it not being bad enough, especially with like the kinds of cameras that we use nowadays. So yeah, my process is just like messing up the footage as much as possible. Where'd you learn to edit? Uh, I went to, most of it was self-taught, but I also went to Vancouver Film School uh, for the digital design program. And we did a a little bit of editing there and uh, I honed my skills in Photoshop and stuff like that. So I definitely put that into the videos when I'm editing them. So you use like After Effects? Yeah, After Effects and Premiere. Uh, so that Couch Mermaid sketch, is that uh, still going to be opening, open for voting next Tuesday when this airs? We're voting for for which? On Funny or Die? Oh, I think so. I'm not sure. Allie's the one who put that up there. Right. Uh, and so I don't know. It's entered to a festival, isn't it? It was, yeah, it was, um, it played at Just for Last Northwest in Vancouver here. And then it also got into the Philadelphia Sketch Comedy Festival, which I think, I think it played last Friday. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll link the uh, Funny or Die link yeah, to uh, the episode funny. page for this. Yeah. <laughs> Go on there, make it yellow. I, I found a note that you were in a, a or are in a hip-hop improv group called The Noise? I was, yeah. Way uh, a little back, a couple of years ago. We haven't really done it in a long, long time. Hip-hop improv, isn't that just freestyle rapping? Or? Essentially, it's like, uh, it is just freestyle rapping on the spot. Uh, Jeff Walter makes beats. Uh, he has a lot of cool beats that he was released. He has a new album that you can listen to on iTunes. Um, but yeah, and then we just have those, those go on. We do like... We do improvised scenes, and then uh, at any point, the audience can say, drop that beat. And then we just like freestyle a little bit uh, and try to continue the story that way. It's usually characters like saying inner monologue stuff yeah. or whatever. And we just, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun show. Um, Why, why'd you stop doing that? That does sound fun. 
mostly because uh, the other person in the group, Patrick Dodd, he got really busy. He's a very uh, talented actor, theatrical actor, and that's kind of his passion. So he went away to like uh, Alberta and um, uh, Edmonton for different um, different plays that he was doing. And then he also got into like a conservatory program where he, he was paid to do some theater, uh, which was really, really cool. So yeah, we just didn't have... It's very. It was, Jeff and I found that it was very hard for us to continue a two-man hip hop yeah. uh, improv, just because two two like a duo prob is already kind of tough by itself, and then having to add in having to both rap and then be the third person out there. Jeff and I just did, got lazy and then didn't want to work as hard on it anymore. Do you think you'd pick it up again if you found uh, another person? Maybe. Um, Patrick expressed interest in doing it again. We had like a rough a real real rough rehearsal and we we but we had fun doing it and then patrick got busy again how do you rehearse an improv show it is it depends on it depends on what you do some groups will have a coach come in uh, i know like the group nasty women has um uh coaches like caitlin howden come in sort of run workshops and stuff with them uh for m- most of the groups that i've been in it's been like self-directed, so we generally just go through it and then note each other, or just note the improv in general. Um, it's which is hard to do, especially if you're new. Uh, you got to get to a point where you're comfortable enough with yourself and with the people you're playing with. Otherwise, some people can take it real, real personally when notes are given. Right. Yeah, it's a tough. Th- it is a it is a tough balance. It also is without a person there to like run things and be accountable to. It can just end up being like r- just people talking about nothing for two hours and then like maybe 15 minutes of actual like rehearsal so just devolve into chaos essentially or just devolve into just friends hanging out (laughs) as opposed to like actual productive uh rehearsal and you were talking uh speaking of chaos you were talking with uh with jeff and kurt on alternate riff story about oh chaos magic yeah yeah so do you practice it or are you just interested in it? I was inter- I was interested in it. I don't practice it. Um, mm-hmm. I've thought about practicing it just because like it is very like secret, the secrety of just putting it out there and having it in your it's head It's like the, all the secret time. with effort. Yeah, with yeah. a lot more effort and like uh, and a little more, f- I guess it's more nerdy and less nerdy at the same time than the yeah. secret. It's nerdy in different ways than the secret is. It's kind of like more nerdy, less daggy. Yeah. Do you practice uh, I have. magic? I okay. have before. But I find it always seems to line up with like dark patches in my life. Oh, okay. It and it's kind of that. dangerous, you know, like, because I mean, I assume um, from how you were talking about it that you learn about it in the same place with me from Last Podcast, Last Podcast on the Left. Yep, absolutely. And where was I going with this? Oh, no. I have no idea. Steam is coming out of his ears. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know, there's always the danger of uh, what they call megasitis. You get into your head too much about it. And because a, a lot of how chaos magic works is you train yourself to notice synchronicities. Yeah, you have a, like a book that you. Yeah, yeah, and so what you do, and it's really because I, I started learning about it at the same time um, that uh, so I was seeing a counselor, which I recommend everybody do. Even, Absolutely. Yeah, even if, if you are, are mentally healthy or perceive yourself as mentally healthy, it's worth doing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 100% agree. And everything the counselor was telling me to do was just chaos magic with less fantasy elements. Yeah. And so I was thinking, like, it's kind of just like a fun D&D way 
to do self-psychology for sure and like mindfulness exercises it's kind of like gamifying it in a sort of in a sort of way it's like the my fitness pal of like your brain and how you want to live yeah exactly yeah and so like like the secret so you you define what you want and then uh one of one of the ways that you will get to it is by noticing synchronicities in your life and jotting them down like oh this this uh you know i want to let's say like i want to make a baseball team or something and then uh, you're walking along and a baseball rolls in front of you out of a park and you see like that that's a synchronicity mm-hmm. that happened for a reason you write it down so you're making your brain notice these things and i guess what i'm getting at is like when you're in a dark place and you're doing that you start to oh, notice the can, wrong things yeah you can spiral into the negative things that are happening to you instead yeah. the synchronicities for the opposite reason and so it's it's kind of like it can go either way so like i think it's a really positive thing to do but maybe not so much when you're in a dark place yeah i yeah i think mm-hmm. i just from reading and i've only read uh condensed chaos so but so but it's a from, fun quick read yeah you just leap through it i think i read it on a plane ride um yeah but i yeah i, I that's one of the things that one of the reasons why i wouldn't i have been hesitant to try it i don't know if i would be able to keep it in that positive place all the time yeah like in lost it's a lot of work as well like yeah it's like 20 minutes to an hour a day at least you have to actually dedicate for sure to doing that kind of stuff for sure and it's a but it is interesting because i didn't i'm a big fan i'm a big comic book reader and i've read i had read a lot of grant morrison stuff which uh um marcus on last podcast talks about yeah and i had yeah invisibles and um i had no idea that they were sigils when i was uh like his own sigils so it was very interesting to read up on that stuff afterwards too Oh, and how he uh, almost ruined his life. With yeah, the, uh, he almost killed himself. Cause, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you read Nameless? I have not. Oh, we just got that. We went to a uh, comic book convention. What was it? A, what was it, Talia, that we went to? It was like the Vancouver Comic Con. It was like oh. a, a local one. Oh, the one at Heritage Hall. Uh, like Yaletown Roundhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was an an inker there who worked on this Grant Morrison thing, and it's amazing. I've just read it about. It's about like a basically psycho sorcerer astronaut stopping an ancient demon asteroid from coming and destroying Earth. That's but a- it's it's written. Uh, so reading in the afterward, Grant Morrison sort of explaining himself oh. at the end, um, which he does in a lot of his comics, so that uh, people don't go nuts. He's saying that because comics are often basically reflections of cinema storytelling yes and though that can be good he wanted to try that can be good he wanted to try something different and it's more like uh and it reads like a nightmare and you start noticing like really common nightmare tropes in there and it feels oh. like this feels like nightmares i've had oh like the uh, really running cool. but not being able to like actually move very fast or whatever yeah i think things, things, things like that and the falling oh yeah as well yeah uh, we can flick through it later if you oh, want. Oh, for sure, yeah, this. yeah. Uh, it just it sounds like a it's a very Grant Morrison-y premise from oh, what yeah. you said, and it's cool because it's self enclosed. It's just it's one, oh, it's one thing. trade paperback. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, we move on from this because I think we're getting too much into my own psyche here, and uh... that's a synchronicity. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> can we read your spec script for the Parks and Rec cold open? Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> have you ever read it out loud? I don't think I have. I loved it. I I went on your uh, website and you have um, writing, and it's really just like 
links to tweets of scripts. Yeah, it's like little blackout sketches essentially. Although I had, I was trying to write a, a, a few years ago. I was trying to write a Parks and Rec spec and a spec script, an actual one, and it kind of just lo- went off the rails. Also, oh, this is the actual one. This Before was like it went nuts. Yeah, this was uh no, this is around where it goes nuts and it gets even more crazy. But then I cut it out and then acted like it was a uh, cold open. Uh, so, yeah. so you do you do voices and characters. Yes, I do. Who yes, do you, I do. Who do you want to play in this? Um, anybody, who, whoever you want to play, if you like playing. Let's see which characters are in this. We got Ron this, and Leslie. There's a character that we shouldn't name until later. I can do that voice. Oh, okay, that's perfect. Yeah, I'll do that. Although now I'm on the spot. I've never, I've never done a, a voice in a recorded podcast. You can do it. <laughs> hey, Tully, do you want to come down here and be a character? Okay. Yeah. All right. We can plug the other mic in, maybe. Oh, we can just share one, so we don't... Yeah, let's just share one. So we're going to be real heteronormative, and you can be the uh, female character. All right. All right, so uh, do you want to read the directions? Oh, you can read them. Okay, okay. Interior, Ron Swanson's office, morning. Leslie walks into Ron's office with the enthusiasm of a cartoon character who is eating corn on the cob like it was a typewriter. She begrudgingly holds an apple. Leslie. Good morning, Ron. Is that an apple? Leslie takes out a large bag of icing sugar and tears it open with her teeth. Anne says that I should eat at least one of these a day. Licks apple, makes yucky face. They are disgusting. I agree. Leslie dips the slobbery apple into the bag of icing sugar, covering it with a real thick coat. What do you want, Leslie? Oh, right. I wanted to introduce you to a candidate for the intern position. I think you'll like him. I disagree with your words and the sentiment behind them. Shouting. Come on in, Elf. Elf, a short, fur-covered alien from late 80s pop culture, struts into Ron's office. He is wearing a very loud Hawaiian shirt. I hate Mondays. That is a fine beard, son. Lasagna! <laughs> well said. Leslie talking head. Leslie's entire mouth is covered in icing sugar. Her cheeks are stained with, with sugar-caked tears. When she tries to speak, the sugary powder explodes from her mouth like pillars of smoke from the World Trade Center. There are no words. Her eyes are unfeeling, like those of a woman who has drowned her children in a locked car. Proud. How do you even say that word? It's just random. Interior, Ron Swanson's office, continuous. Ron collapses with delight as Alf sucks the skin from Jerry's face clean off. Jerry's body drops to the floor, dead from shock. Jerry's corpse releases a final, muffled fart. I hate Odie the dog. John Arbuckle is my owner. I am an orange cat. Indeed. Do the Bartman. End of cold open. <laughs> How was my Alf? It was great. I felt like I was like six years old again. How old was I when Alf was out? I don't know if I ever watched it on TV. It's the only thing I've ever watched on Betamax. Oh, really? Yeah, my friend's aunt had a Betamax player and every Alf on it. And, every uh, single Alf? Every yeah, episode yeah. of Alf? So we watched the weird ending. Do you know about the weird ending of no. Alf? Uh, so at the end of Alf... The government finds out about him, and they kill him and do an autopsy. That is... It's so dark. That's very, very dark. It's like that if E.T. ended 
in like the worst in, possible way. Yeah. If he didn't escape in the in the bicycle in the basket. Yeah. If Elliot was a lot more apathetic. <laughs> You've done a number of different characters on uh, podcast versus podcast. Yes. Do you have a favorite character to play? Um, I guess I I like playing Biscuit and I like playing uh, Esther. Also, Esther is a character I've done before as well. Can you describe those characters for us? Oh, uh, Biscuit is a uh, an elf from the. He's he's a Keebler elf, and he's on something called a. He's like on a elf, a Keebler elf version of a Rumspringa. So he's in the human world, and he needs to teach us about Keebler life, and he needs to learn about human life, and he also needs to impregnate some human women because the Keeblers are all male and they cannot produce themselves. What is a Keebler elf? Oh, Keebler elf is uh the the Keebler company makes cookies and then their mascots uh, were elves. It's just a bunch of cartoons with elves. Imagine it's a North American thing. It's a North American thing for sure. Yeah, I I don't even think there's like Keebler stuff here in Canada. I think it's only an American thing. But uh, growing up here, we would see a lot of American commercials for things that we could never have. Yeah. Yeah. So you're from Vancouver? I'm from Vancouver. Yeah, I'm like one of the only four Vancouver comedians who are actually from Vancouver. Do you know who the other ones are? Uh, I would say probably Ryan Beal, uh, Taz Van Rassel. There's probably more than that. But a lot of people are from uh, uh, Alberta. What was that that other character you mentioned? Oh, Esther. She's a, uh, she's a very weird uh, young woman, and she writes like very erotic fanfics, and uh, usually about people, and then he, she makes them read the fanfics. So in one of the episodes of Podcast vs. Podcast, uh, I made Pierce and uh, Eric read one of those um, fanfics. Oh, great. Yeah. I read uh, on your Twitter, if you ever want to simulate the feeling of an escape room, just to ask you about your cats. Yes. So uh, tell me about your cats. I have four cats. Uh, they are all precious in their own ways. Uh, one of them is named Waker. The other, his his sister is Zoe. They have a new little sister named Rocket. And uh, I have an adopted cat who was my brother's cat before, and his name is Baskerville. What, uh, where do all the names come from? Baskerville is in like Sherlock Holmes? Uh, Baskerville is in the font. Uh, my brother is a graphic designer. And yeah, but I'm sure it's all tied together. Like I'm sure they, like the font is named after, like this. Uh, it's all named after the street, I guess. Like the Hounds of Baskerville is a specific street in the UK, Maybe. in London. I don't know. I'm not cultured. I'm from there, but from when <laughs> I was like a wee little boy. You said on Alternate Rift story that you hate board games. Oh yeah, I think we. I think I, I heightened. I I don't know if I hate board games. I'm just not good at playing them, and not in the way that I will lose. I just lose interest in them as I'm playing yeah. them. Yeah. So uh, I do I do enjoy short board games, but when they're like the longer campaigny ones, that's when I like start to not care at a certain point. Right. And then I don't think I'm fun to play with because I just want to like tank the game for everybody else. Not in like a not in like I want the game to stop sort of way, but then I'll just do make moves to make it harder for everybody else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that can be kind of fun in a way. It can kind of work out for you as well. Yeah. <laughs> there have been times where I've secret lower. I've just won just from doing that. And it feels very it feels like it's like a Xanatos gambit. And I've like planned it from the beginning, but it's all accidental. It must be so frustrating for the uh, people who really care. Yeah. For people who really take it seriously, because I have a lot of friends who really take board games seriously. Yeah, I I know some people like that. I can I can get that way sometimes. <laughs> anyway, so we've got a, a segment that's been forming on here based on my uh, uh, invasive method of research on my guests Ooh. called uh, Twitter spelunking. 
My first note here is that you had a lot of tweets about sexual attraction to waffles in 2012. Oh, did I? Yeah, I, I, I didn't save any of those, but it was just like it seemed to be like a running theme in your life. So, I don't know if there was any particular... I can't remember if there was a particular thing that made me write just all running those through tweets. your subconscious yeah maybe like i maybe i was just like maybe I had a dream about a, like a sexy ego waffle with a bikini or something like that and it just plugged into my brain i, I really don't know i'm not sure i uh, do like waffles if you want proof that fate exists i saw danny Trejo eating dinner alone at the food court of the charlotte international airport is that true that's true yeah yeah my partner and i were uh, there for a connecting flight and we had to wait like a couple hours um, and we had to rush to a different gate. And on the way there, I saw Danny Trejo and he was eating a hamburger with a knife and fork. It was very strange to see. And I looked, I did the double take and my girlfriend doesn't know who Danny Trejo is. So I was like, I was like trying to be, I was trying to be like, that's Danny Trejo. Um, but she didn't, she wouldn't care uh, anyway. The guy from Spy Kids. Yeah. The guy from Spy Kids, the, ma- the machete character from Spy Kids. Cause it's the same character. Um, but one of the funny thing that happened was I was looking around cause I was like, is this Danny Trejo? And there was a, another guy and he was standing and he was eating a hamburger and he had a mouthful of hamburger and he, we connected eyes and then he started nodding to me like yes that's danny trejo and we and i know you had a burger as well no i didn't have a burger this this guy was eating a burger uh as danny trejo was knife and fork eating a burger and uh i mean i made eye contact with that other guy and we both nodded at each other as if like to say like this exists this is happening you're seeing danny trejo right now why do you think he was eating with a knife and fork like I don't a, know. A prison thing, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. On like the a George Costanza thing. Yeah, it's a maybe. It's a just. I mean, I'm talking about it now. Maybe that's what he wanted. Oh, he's an interesting one. So he said in uh, January of 2013, "I just hope that my Twitter feed has ruined job opportunities for at least one other Ronald Dario." Do you know about the other Googleable Ronald Dario? Oh, the, the New Jersey, the um, New Jersey politician. Yeah, yeah, and he's 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 got some negative reviews as well. Yeah, I think he has worse reputation than name. me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I get uh, Google notifications every now and then, and it's uh, generally like uh, he has a pool named after him in New Jersey. Yeah. And it's always about that. Yeah. When I was doing my research, I just kept finding articles about that and about him as well. Oh, uh, okay. You I probably know maybe, more about him. I thought maybe you'd like gone to law school at first, but. Yeah. <laughs> and I gave it up. All right. So this is, this is a two-parter. I'm rubbing Nutella into my gums so that it can get into my bloodstream faster. And then there's a gap. And then this is in reply to at M blank of floor. He would probably rub blood or vaginal discharge or human hair into his gums. Do you remember who you were talking about? I have no idea. This is 2013? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's only half a decade. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, the mind is going. I'm sure it was uh, I'm sure it was very relevant to the reason why I said that. Yeah, so I, I use this, uh, this, this tool I found for reversing people's Twitter feeds. Ah. And uh, it doesn't show you... The reply comment. You'd have to go and find that from the same date. Oh, uh, okay. I was wondering if maybe the the Twitter account doesn't exist anymore, and that's, that's the reason possible. why. Who's uh, M. Blanca for? for? He is a family friend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. For anyone in CITR, thanks so much for tuning in. That's the end of our time slot, but you can hear the full episode along with other podcasts on cavegoblins.com. For anyone else, stick around. We've still got lots more to talk about with Ronald. Now, I just want to do a little plug for Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network. Talia Murdoch hosts this informative and engaging podcast on, you guessed it, Everything Economics, in a relatable and easy-to-digest way. That's Everything Economics on CaveGoblins.com. 
You can hear our latest episode on the Trans Mountain Pipeline uh, that came out yesterday. Uh, now back to the show. So uh, before the show, I ask my guest, uh, who's a comedian they'd like to talk about, and uh, Ronald chose Lauren Lapkus. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Lauren Lapkus. Uh, so what what made you uh, want to speak about her today? Yeah, there, it, was, it was very hard to try to pick. I think it was between her and Andy Daly uh, for me. Um, but Lauren Lapkus was definitely somebody who influenced me to play sillier characters as I was watching or not watching. I have seen her perform, but um, but as I was listening to her on Comedy Bang Bang and like the joyful, weird characters she was playing, I realized that those are the kinds of characters I enjoy the most. And I started doing characters sort of like that with like higher energy. Um, I have to Biscuit is a character that I that Jeff and I. Uh, we both played uh, little Keebler elves, and um, later on when I was doing it, I had to be very wary to not make the character like Lauren Lapkus's Ho Ho character, the yeah. other, the Christmas elf. So I had to keep that in mind because I worry sometimes that it's just, uh, it's just like a ripoff of Ho Ho. But they're different characters. Ho Ho is a lot more gross. Uh, yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from there. Like, I have some ideas about what I want to do with the future in this podcast, and I mm. don't want to just be baby comedy bang bang <laughs> later because it's more like special interests. I realize, like, I call it a comedy podcast, but it's it's more about comedy than it is actual comedy mm. at well, this stage. You, I want to get crazier later. Why do you have Paul F. Tompkins sitting right there waiting to play a character? He's actually not allowed to speak on this show. Oh. We haven't got him to sign a release. He's just running the switchboard. Oh, okay. He's sign languaging uh, his uh, Ice T character, which we haven't seen in a long time. You first uh, noticed Lauren Lapkus on uh, Comedy Bang Bang? Yeah. Uh, what was the first character she played? Um, her number one character, Tracy Reardon, I think, is the, probably the first one that she did. That's the note I put down here as the, my, my first introduction to her as well. Yeah. Tracy Reardon. So, uh, goes to school with uh, Marissa Wampler. Yes, it ended up. Or they don't go to school. They know of each other, but they go to different schools. Somewhere in, um, where is it? Marina Del Rey. Yes. And then uh, Tracy has to like take the bus. Yeah. weirdly to places yeah what is jason manzoukas's character in that little triangle oh he's gutter balls right gutter balls he, he plays right. gutter balls but he also plays uh listler's boyfriend yeah who works at a fast not fast food place a 7-eleven sort of place have you listened to that uh marissa wampler's birthday spectacular episode i've listened to two of them i don't know or maybe even three of them because they do them every year i think I'm only thinking of the one uh, where they were in a water park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scott kept trying to want to tip over the the booth into the water, and then they, they kept on, like, saving it yeah. until the end. I, I remember that one especially because I was uh, during the California droughts, and I was stuck on the I-5 in a van when we were driving around America, and we had that playing. Oh. So she's had popular characters like... Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Ho-Ho and Todd, Scott's nephew. Mm -hmm. You can see those characters on Netflix's The Characters. Have you watched that show? I have watched it. And um, Henry Zabrowski from Last yes, Podcast. he has his own special as well. He's one of those as well. I think the uh, Lauren Lapkus one is probably the, the best one of the series. Yeah, I really enjoyed Lauren Lapkus's one. Uh, Paul W. Downs, who's uh, on Broad City as Trey, and he also writes on Broad City. He, his, his, his is very enjoyable, too. I don't think I've watched that one. Oh, yeah. He plays a bunch of... Yeah, I mean, they always play... I was going to say, he plays a bunch of characters, but that's exactly what the show is. Which one's Trey in Broad City? He's the fitness trainer, the one who... Oh, yeah. yeah and he's like an ex-gay uh, porn star. Yes. Yeah. Right. He's very funny. Yeah. 
Uh, so I've written down here that she started acting in commercials and eventually uh, got a sketch on Jimmy Kimmel Live. She went on to appear in Orange is the New Black, which I, uh, I think is a lot of uh, people's first introduction to her because it's like... Yeah. The only time I can think of her having a non-comedic role. Yeah, she played a very grounded character in that compared to the kinds of characters she enjoys playing the most, I mm. think. Um, yeah, it felt it feels very, very, very grounded. But that show doesn't have... I guess that show does have a lot of heightened characters, though. Yeah. Uh, but Lauren Lapkus's one isn't super heightened, that one. It's a weird kind of cross-promotion because the reason I started watching that show is because she was talking about it on Comedy Bang Bang all the time. Oh. And she'd call it Oranges, the New Black. <laughs> didn't, didn't Scott, wasn't Scott the one who like started that and just forced I think that? so. Yeah. Um, like like he, uh, with House of Pies. House of Pies. I yeah. was in uh, Los Angeles and uh, I had to, I was walking, we were walking, my girlfriend and I were walking down from Griffith's. Uh, park the observatory yeah and we because you had to walk down in order to get an uber and we stopped on the street and i looked up and it was house of pies and i just i didn't know what to do my brain just started to melt because i i knew it was probably a real place but to actually see it was oh very there was funny. there was an actual yeah there's an actual house pie of, show yes yeah, called house of pies which is the what they're referencing in the show because they like say they say specifically what the street is and stuff like that oh right but i wasn't sure if that was like a bit that they were doing yeah, or scott actually, was just being a joke because it seems yeah. like ben schwartz like actually getting upset about that yeah for sure <laughs> yeah but he near the end when the house of lies was about to was uh, on its last season i think he started to play into it a little bit more yeah yeah well, he talks about how he gets more people talking to him about house of pies than house of lies yeah especially on social like, media <laughs> like scott's just ruined it for him <laughs> when i first started listening to comedy bang bang i used to hate scott it took me like oh it took me like 20 episodes or so before i realized what he was doing Oh, okay. Yeah, like his comedic style. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I started like delving more and more into anti-comedy and stuff. And I, I tend to relate to that a lot more. I really think he's like the modern master of anti-comedy. Like he's been oh, playing sure. this character. I wonder if he can even slip out of it at this point. He's I'm been sh- playing this character so heavily across like all social media and stuff for so long. Yeah, but I mean, there are like if you watch or listen to uh, Are You Talking You Two to Me and stuff like that, there are like glimpses of his like him actually just talking like a normal, like an outside of that oh, when character. he's like fanboying. And- yeah, with uh, Adam Scott. Like, there, I mean, he plays that character like real heavy sometimes, but then they're, when they're actually talking about growing up, listening to U2 and then R.E.M. now, uh, they it sounds like he's like, he's dropped that yeah. for the most part, but then he'll always bring it back up. So speaking of uh, podcasts where everyone sounds the same. <laughs> Definitely. In, in that one, because it's Ad- Adam Scott and Scott Ackerman, and they have very similar voices, and they call each other Scott yes. in the show just to make it even harder. Yeah. <laughs> so you listen to uh, uh, Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy? Yes, I do. Is that that just started as a throwaway bit as well, didn't it? I think so, yeah. But I think they were like genuinely trying to find a different – to pivot into something else because obviously they mined the – you too well like very heavily and then after they, they didn't even mean for that to go so long and then the album for was sure. delayed yeah and they started going crazy into it and they actually interviewed you too which is crazy i didn't actually hear that oh yeah they do and like i I'm, if you listen to it after if you listen to the episode afterwards they, they talk about how embarrassing it is because they're just like fanboying the entire time no it's... i've got i've got to try that again i listened to the first few episodes and i got distracted oh yeah not because it wasn't good, just because I was doing other things. Yeah. I'm kind of completionist with podcasts, and I get weird about uh, keeping up with all of them. Yeah. And uh, you you talking you 2 to me is definitely one where you have to listen to everything because they do so many. Everything builds on everything. Everything is like every bit 
just builds on each other. And if you miss, if you like tune out for a second, like we all do while we're listening to podcasts, you'll have to like rewind, especially with that one. It's very dense. She appeared in Jurassic World as well. It was slightly more comedic role again. Yeah. As a, doing a couple of funny, funny scenes. Yeah. Uh, with Jake Johnson as well. Yeah. They're really good on screen chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. He, he's a real sort of like sleeper star, I think. Jake Johnson. Yeah, definitely. I think he's like, uh, I think he's a lot. He the way he's as charming as Oscar Isaac, but like, I've never made that connection. They look almost identical. They look very similar to each other. Yeah, and like they they like kind he's of more of a relatable schlubby version. Yeah, definitely. But they have like the same like charm and like they also mm. speak sort of similarly the way just the way that they say things. Uh, but yeah, like definitely he's like the schlubbier, more everyman version. Have you seen the trailers for this new Spider Man? The Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, one? I haven't yet. Oh, the trailer's amazing. Oh, cool. is, is Jake like, Johnson in it? He's Spider-Man. Oh, he's, he's Peter, Peter Parker? Parker? Okay. Well, yeah, because... Because Miles Morales. Yeah. yeah, Miles Morales as well. Uh, it's really cool. Like, um, like the frame rate is really low, which gives it a real sort of comic feel. It looks like almost like stop motion. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. excited to see it. Yeah, watch that in your own time. <laughs> Do your homework. But uh, now she, she has her uh, own podcast special guest with Lauren Lapkus. Yes. Uh, which I haven't actually had the chance to listen to yet. Do you listen to that one? I do. Um, I have. I'm a lapsed uh, with special guest um, listener. I li- uh, I listen kind of based on who her guest is now. Uh, but I do listen to Raised by TV with her and John Gabris, the, uh, another comedy bang bang favorite. Yeah, and he's got he's got a crossover as well with uh, Lost Podcast because he did that episode with Henry as well once. Oh but- yeah. I don't know what that was an episode of. I think it was of his podcast. Of um, High and Mighty. High and Mighty. Yeah. And Henry Zabrowski has also been on with special guests. It was a very funny episode. Really? Yeah. I should listen to that one. Yeah. It's very, very funny. Yeah. That uh, brings back to me worrying about this podcast being like a baby comedy bang bang. So <laughs> I have another idea for a podcast. Well, we, all we're doing right now is saying a bunch of things where people are going to bookmark and listen to the things we're talking about. Yeah. Well, well hopefully. I just give... Do you think it's going to be a big bump for Comedy Bang Bang? Like, people hear it on here, and then Scott's going to be looking at his analytics. Like, I what th- happened? Yeah. Where is this coming from? Where do we get these extra 15 listeners in Canada? <laughs> and then he's going to ask you to do ads, and you're going to have to read out ads and say, never at the post uh, office. Yeah. Talk about B-O-N-O-B-O-S.com. <laughs> as long as I get sent a ca- Casper mattress, it's all right. As long as we all get sent Casper mattresses. Well, I'll let you know. I mean, if they can fit one in this place. I don't know. It's... I heard that comes in the size of a mini fridge box. Uh, I actually saw them do the uh, Comedy Bang Bang live show. uh, Oh. When they came to Perth, where I'm from, and I really liked it because the main reason being that every time I go and see live shows, comedians or musicians in Perth, they talk about how much they love Perth, and they're lying. (laughs) But they tore Perth to shreds. It was great. Like... uh, was Claudia O'Darity in that? No, one she, she's from she's from Queensland. Oh, okay. Um, have you been to Australia? I have not. So I know that it is Perth big. And, yeah, Perth and Queensland are about as far apart as I would say maybe Vancouver and Halifax. Oh, okay, that's a real long distance. Yeah. Um, and where is the outback? The outback. Is West. It's, it's on the inside. It's actually. Are we are we picking up those footsteps upstairs? Okay, cool. So, yeah, we have uh, like 600 upstairs neighbors. Oh. Yeah, because we're in a, a goblin cave. <laughs> uh, 
Is that why they asked me to resolve a bunch of riddles before I came inside here? Oh, I've been meaning to talk to them about that. Yeah, they, well, they took a lot of my fingers. I need I need to do these uh these improv classes at at Blind Tiger. <laughs> this yeah. is up. I like, I actually emailed today about starting the next semester because I think it's starting pretty soon, right? Yeah, I, th- I believe semester nineteen now is starting real, or maybe it's twenty. I don't know. I'm bad. I'm faculty, and I don't. It's it's remember. nineteen. Um, season twenty is in October. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I want to sign up for that so I can do less editing in the future. <laughs> uh, what are we? What are you working on at the moment? Um, I'm working on, I'm writing a whole bunch. I want to do more sketches, uh, like my own fun cult sketches. Um, and yeah, this summer I'm going to be working with brunch on some more sketches. I'm going to be hopefully working with Carmela on some sketches. We're supposed to do some stuff, but scheduling has been weird. And now they're going to Toronto for a while to do a fringe show. They're so busy. Yeah, they're real busy. Um, and yeah, I just hopefully, I just want to make more content. I'm, I work with another comedian named, ryan anderson and we want to make a lot more video content and uh we want to do some more shows too so there's going to be some cool shows coming out uh, a little bit later in the summer cool yeah is there anything you'd like to plug my twitter where you can see me fantasize about waffles a lot of my tweets now are going to be about waffles i can't get that out of my head i hope so at ronald dario so that was ronald dario talking about lauren lapkus Join me next week when I talk to Foxhole Comedy's Jackie Hoffard about Chelsea Peretti. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Cave Goblins and check out what we're doing over on cavegoblins.com. We've got a Reddit community and a Discord server that's feeling pretty lonely right now that you can find through our website, so hop on over there. You can find this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere you listen. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist. See you next time. Thanks so much for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This is fun.